Thanks for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators. This season of prayer and fasting, I think it's just a great time of year to set ourselves up for the year. But I always encourage people to have a word for the year or a verse for the year or a phrase for the year. And uh, it just keeps you focused. Mine this year is words breakthrough. I just felt God say to me last week as we started to worship here in the morning service that it was a year of breakthrough in 2023. I chatted to my Jewish mate and talked to uh, to him, the rabbi friend of mine, about what the year is. And he was explaining to me what all about the year and what it means. And it's a really interesting year. And breakthrough is one of those things that we expect. My chapter is Ephesians 3. I love Ephesians, but Ephesians 3, I used to major on exceedingly abundantly more than we ask or think, but that whole chapter is just such a brilliant chapter. So I really encourage you to get a word for your year. It helps you keep you focused. It helps take through the year as you go through the challenges, as there will be no doubt in the year, the ups and downs of a year, but it allows you to keep focused on what God's doing. I want to talk this morning on limiting beliefs and uh, what limits us. I'd love to go straight to the scripture. I've got a large lump of scripture this morning. In John chapter 9, verses 1 to 27. It says this, As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? It's interesting, your opinions can affect how you think. And their opinion was that someone must have sinned. Now, if you've hung around church for a while and people don't get healed or something's going on, people might say, well, you just haven't got enough faith. It's an opinion. And your opinions sometimes stop you from what God wants to do. And Jesus wanted to say, he said, the man or his parents, was he born blind? Jesus answered, it's not that this man sinned or his parents, but the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can walk can work as long as I am in the world I am the light of the world having said these things he spit he spit on the ground and made blood with uh, mud with his saliva and he anointed the man's eyes with mud and said to him go wash in the pool of Solomon it's an interesting passage what we look at there and and I I love the way Jesus messes with our heads because it would it's just not what you expect is it that he would spit in the mud and make spit in the dirt and make mud. It just changes their opinion. Not only did they have an opinion that someone had sinned, but then he went a step further and did it something different to what he's always done. They've seen him perform miracles, the disciples. They've seen him lay hands on the sick. They've seen him do different things, but he did something different to affect their opinion. And sometimes God does that with us, that he changes the script so we don't get just stuck into the routine of knowing what we always do. So then he said he went and washed and came back seeing. The neighbours and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, is this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said it is he. Others said, no, but it's like him. He kept saying, I'm the man. Now, this guy's been blind from birth. I gather he would have been a little bit excited. Have you ever seen the videos of the cochlear ear when they put the cochlear ear on a child and, and you see the, the kids' faces, they hear their mum or dad speak for the first time and then they t- 
tear up and it's a beautiful thing. This guy's been, he's a man, he's not a kid, he's a man, he hasn't been able to see. And they go, well, is it you? And he's going, well, it's me. And then they explains what happened. So they said to him, tell how your eyes were opened. He answered, the man called Jesus, made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, go into a psyllium and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I don't know. They brought him to the Pharisees, the man who had formerly been blind. So they took to another person to get another opinion. What's going on? Like, really? When you read these stories in scripture, I sometimes read them and go, what were they thinking? This guy can see. This should be one of the greatest celebrations. And yet they're trying to form opinion out of why and they're trying to find out who did this. And then now it was the Sabbath. Now there's another opinion because in those days you couldn't do things on the Sabbath because they didn't understand what the Sabbath was really. Uh, and so they had an opinion that things couldn't happen on the Sabbath. So then when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes, so the Pharisee asked him, how he had received his sight. He said to them, he put mud in my eyes and I was washed and I see. So interesting, isn't it? How opinions can affect people. Because they couldn't believe that this guy could see. They couldn't believe it was the same guy. Some of the Pharisees said, this man's not from God. For he does not keep the Sabbath. You see, religion... The opinion of religion can hold you from truth. You can have an opinion on people. You can have an opinion on what people are doing. It can hold you from truth. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was division among them. So they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him since he opened your eyes? He said, he is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he'd been blind and had received his sight. So they called the parents of the man who'd received his sight and asked him, is this your son, who you say was born blind? Then how does he now see? His parents said, we know this is our son, and we know he was born blind, but now he sees. We do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he of age, he will speak for himself. And it's interesting there that the parents were suffering from the opinion that they feared the Jews because they'd be excluded from their community. So they said, you ask the boy yourself. Goes on to say, therefore his parents said he was of age, ask him for a second time. They called the man who had been blind and said, give glory to God, we know this man is a sinner. He answered, whether he's a sinner, I do not know. One thing I know, that I thought, though I was blind, I now, know, I now see. They said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered, I've told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to be his disciples? I like the guy's got a little bit of go in him. I think he was a bit sick of being asked again and again and again. The funny thing about opinions is we're affected by someone else's opinion and we're affected by our own opinions. And sometimes they limit our ability to believe. Sometimes they create something in our world that takes us where we actually can't go where God's calling us to go. As we go through our life experiences, we build an expectation of our lot in life. And that expectation that we've built can stop us from our success that God wants for us. It can keep us in our failures. 
that can hold us bound. The funny thing is with people, and most of us are like the rest of us, our opinions affect our walk with God. So what do you believe? When you come to this time of prayer and fasting, what is it that we believe? What is it that limits our belief? See, it's not truth, it's just experience. And sometimes because we live in our life experience and we form an opinion of what we've, through our experience, we can hold ourselves in the past. Just like that guy and all the people wanted to hold him in the past. But he said, I can see. I can see as we come to a time of prayer and fasting and one of the reasons why fasting is important is it takes our mind off ourselves and puts it onto God. And starts to change our opinions of life. There's a saying that if you practice something often enough, it'll become permanent. And we see that with sportsmen. I don't know if you've been watching the cricket. It's been a good year to watch the cricket because we're beating them. And if you're South African, I'm sorry. But you notice the bowlers. And there's a guy called Boland. And he's a, an older guy. He's been bowling for a long time. He came into the test team last year and bowled in Melbourne and took a whole pile of wickets. And this year he's bowled again. He got dropped for this particular test in Sydney. But one of the things the commentator said was really interesting. He said he hasn't learned how to disguise the ball. And they were showing pictures yesterday of Pat Cummins bowling. And Pat Cummins bowls, he actually disguises the ball the whole way up to the last second till he bowls. And he's developed that over a really long period of time. So every time he bowls now, he holds the ball a certain way. So it's hidden about what he's going to bowl. Whereas Scotty Boland, who's been bowling for a long time, has really struggled to actually hide the ball. Because what he's been doing and practicing at the level of cricket he was playing in has become permanent. Now it's really difficult to change. Scripture says it this way in Proverbs 23:7: For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Your opinion of yourself determines your future. It's an interesting challenge, isn't it? That our self-opinions can determine our future. Henry Ford puts it this way, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And you know, when I read the scriptures and we come to this time where we're believing God for things and I hope you've got a list of things you believe in God for. I hope you pull out your, your list that you wrote for expansion or 2C9 years ago and You've got that list that you believe in God for, that you can tick off. But sometimes our opinions stop us believing. Sometimes the opinions of others stop us from believing. Maybe you've been diagnosed with a sickness and your opinion is I can't be healed because it's an opinion you've developed. Yet God says by his stripes we are healed. Sometimes I think we've got to actually Pressed towards the mark as Paul talks in Philippians, he says it this way. He says, 
Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it on my own, but the one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. And I think that's so important. Sometimes we've got to forget the past. Sometimes we've got to affect, forget the, our failures, the things that we did wrong. Sometimes we've actually got to forget our successes because we can live in our success of the past and stop us to the success God wants us in the future. He says, I forget those things. I strain forward to what lies ahead. Put, I press towards the goal for the price of the upward high call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal it also to you. Because sometimes our thinking stops us from achieving what God wants us to do. Our opinion. We have these limiting beliefs that stop us. I couldn't do that. Ah, oh, no, I'm sick, or I'm this, or I'm just this family. This is my station in life. When we were overseas recently, we were in Belinda's here this morning, we were talking about children and talking about how they develop and how one particular parent of a certain school in Toowoomba came and said to the teacher, why are you teaching my kids this? You're developing him above his standing in life. The opinion of others can stop you. It was from a third generation of unemployed family. And you go, wow. Here's the potential that lies in each and every one of us that God wants to draw out of us. Yet our struggle is we hold ourselves back from what God wants to do. You see, life experience generally creates our limiting belief. It really does. However, God uses our past experiences to actually expand us and break and destroy our limiting beliefs. One of my favourite characters in the Bible is Peter. I like Peter. He was a guy that always seemed to be wanting to do something. So whenever Jesus was there, Peter was there. So Jesus was walking on the water. Peter said, I want to walk on the water. And he did. When he got the revelation of, of um, who, do son of men, who do men say that I am? He says, you're the son of God. And he would jumped at that and said, oh, I'm going to jump into that boat as well. And he, he would just keep doing it. And I like him. I think it's, it, it's a model of a person for us that we could follow to say yes to God. Let's have a go. There seems to be a lot of stories of him through the scriptures. Because I think Jesus liked to use it as an example. But Luke chapter 5, verse 4 to 9 says this, And when he'd finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put down and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. It's interesting, there they, was, there they were. Jesus had just preached this amazing message. And they, these fishermen had been fishing all night, caught nothing. Jesus used their boats. And then he said to them, But at your word... I will let down my nets. And when he heard what he'd done, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners the other side of the boat to come and help them. And when they came and filled the boats, so they began to sink. But when Peter, Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all his who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish that they'd taken. See, sometimes when we're in, our, in the world doing what we know and, and you picture these guys, they, they're fishermen. They've been fishing all night. They'd caught nothing. A bit like when I go fishing. 
And then Jesus said to them, because he had to mess with their heads a little bit, he said, go and put down your nets again. And sometimes God says to us in the things that we're doing, he says, and it's not working and we've, we're struggling, we're pushing through and when things aren't working, we can have the opinion. And he says, no, no, go and do it again. Because he wants to break the opinion we have of our life. I look at Peter again and he, he, he there and, and they were questioned about tax in Matthew chapter 17. It said, when they came to Capernaum, the collectors of the two drachma tax went up to Peter and said, does your teacher not pay the tax? And he said, yes. And when he came into the house, Jesus spoke to him saying, what do you think, Simon? From whom do kings of the earth take toll or tax? From their sons or others? And he said, from others. And Jesus said to him, then the sons are free. However, not to give offence to them, go into the sea, cast and hook and take the first fish that comes up. When you open it mouth, you'll find a shekel. Take that and give it to them for me and yourself. How many fish had Peter caught over his life? He was a fisherman. That's how he made his living. Do you ever think he caught one with a gold coin in his mouth? Sometimes Jesus uses the things that we know and the things that we do and he does it to mess with our head to change our opinions on things. Because God doesn't want us to have limiting beliefs. He really doesn't. I really encourage you over the next 14 days to clear away your limiting beliefs. What things have you got in your mind? What things have people said to you? What things have, have you built over a long period of time that is your limiting belief and stops you from achieving? Whether it be a sickness whether it be how you see yourself, whether it be an addiction, whether it be a reoccurring problem that's come down the hereditary line, I really encourage you to make room for God in these next 14 days. And sometimes we need to attach our faith to it. Last week I used this scripture, but I'm using it again. It's Acts chapter 10, verse 30 to 32 and Cornelius said four days ago about this hour I was praying in my house at the ninth hour and behold a man stood before me in bright clothing and said Cornelius your prayer has been heard and your arms have been remembered before God sometimes we attach and Doug was talking about it in the offering message he's talking about how we actually attach our faith to something and sometimes there's the process of giving that actually creates a memorial before God. And I want to encourage you around this area, in the, particularly in the area of finance, if you're believing for finance, if you're believing for breakthrough in your life, sometimes you've got to attach a, a step of faith in your giving that becomes a memorial, that you create a memorial before God in your giving of your alms and what you do as well in your prayers. Because I actually believe we ask, don't ask God for big enough things. We don't. If you were to get a billion dollars, because a million dollars is not a lot of money these days. If you were to get a billion dollars, what would you do with it? I'm challenged by that thought as a pastor. I can spend, at the moment, I've got vision for about 30 to 40 million 
It's what I've got vision for. I sometimes think God wants to expand our vision, but you've just—you've got to actually have a, a something, a vision that actually allows God to create in your world. I think we live in a society where we've got everything. If you're hungry, you go to Woolworths or Aldi or Coles. We get festival food every week. We can't have to believe for much in our world, do we? Really and honestly, do we have to believe for much? Yet God wants to get stuff through us. Not just to us. He wants to get stuff through us. Have you made room in your life for God to move? Such an interesting thought. I find it an interesting thought. Where have I made room in my life for God to move because the reality is we can do most things the majority of people in this room are well paid you can do most things you can go and buy what you want but where have we made room for God to move you see I I don't know about you but I tend to trust in my own ability I know how to do things I've got a certain amount of gifting. It's so easy to trust in my own ability and exclude God. You see, I I picture it this way. Who likes Lego? Anyone like Lego? Like Technics? Doug, I know, loves Lego. (laughs) And you get this Technic set, and I remember giving Technic set to my son and my daughters. They all love Lego. And you hand them this technique set and it's complex and it's got all those booklets that you've got to go through and you've got to follow it step by step. And you see them sitting on the floor and they've got it and they've opened it up at Christmas time. And you say, do you want a hand? And they say, no. And you see them at about page four of the book and it's wrong. They've built it wrong. They've missed a block. And sometimes I think we're like that with God. He gives us all this opportunity and all this stuff and says, do you want a hand? And we say, she'll be right. She'll be right. Until we get to that point where it's not working. I'm always constantly amazed as if I do the things that I do, as I do the things that I do in church as we do what we do in college and our early learning centre here and now our university. How God moves. How when I ask God, how do I do this? He actually answers. I love cars, as you probably know. I do a lot of car work on cars and mechanical things and trade work and different things. I love working with my hands. And one of the things I always pray is, God, give me tradesmen's hands. And I'm always amazed that when I walk into a problem with a car that I shouldn't know the answer to, that somehow he gives me the answer. Because I include him. But how about you? As we come to this time of prayer and fasting, do you trust in your own ability? Or do you actually make room for God to move?
He actually, God is a fantastic parent and he actually wants to look after you and I think sometimes we don't allow him. And I think he actually wants us in this season for us to make room for him. In Jude chapter 1, because there's only one chapter, verse 24 to 25 says this, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God, our Saviour, through Christ Jesus, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion and authority before all time and now and forever. And I think of this time of fresh air. We have the opportunity to see God as our parent. God who wants to stop you from stumbling. I love that scripture, stop you from stumbling. He wants to keep you. He wants to bless you. Our challenge, I believe, is will we let him in? Jeremiah 33, 2-3 says this, Thus says the Lord who made heaven and earth and informed it to establish it. The Lord is his name. Call to me and I will, tell, and I will answer you and tell you great and hidden things that you may not have known. God wants to be involved in your life. He honestly does. He wants to come into your life, not only to save you, not only that you'll get the ability to get to heaven, but he wants to come into your life to make you successful, like every parent does of every child. I really encourage you over this season these next 14 days make it a time to invite God into your world whether you fast whether you just pray make room for God make him the focus and see what he can do in your world this year let me pray for you Father I thank you for everyone in this room I thank you for the promises that you've given us Father I thank you that you said that you won't allow us to stumble that you'll help us, that you'll reveal things to us. Father, as we face the challenges of the world that we live in, the, the challenges that are presented to us, if we read the newspapers, we see there's lots of them, or if we read social media, or the world is being painted as a difficult place. But God, you want to be involved in our life, in every aspect of our life. Father, my prayer for us as a church is that we invite you in as we deal with the issues of the day, every day. That you'll speak to us, that you'll help us. Hey, just while every eye's closed and every head's bowed, and we do this in every service, but I want to give you an opportunity to know Jesus. Maybe this is your first time in church or maybe because it's New Year's you've come back to church you've made a New Year's resolution to say I'm going to go to church friends it's not about church it's about knowing Jesus and I want to give you that opportunity this morning to know him maybe you've been in church all your life it's been something you've done but you've never actually asked Jesus to come into your life or maybe church has been that thing called religion that you've just sat to one side and God hasn't really been real in your life. It's just been the thing you've attached. 
God wants to be coming to your life today and be real in your life. He wants to help you in every aspect of life. He actually wants to make you better at life. So I want to give you that opportunity to know him this morning. So if that's you and you've never asked Jesus into your heart, you've never actually said, God, I want to know you, not just know about you. I'd love you to raise your hand so I can pray with you. I can help you make that decision this morning. So right across this room right now, if that's you, you've never asked Jesus into your heart or you've come back to church today saying, I want to find God. If that's you, I'd love you to raise your hand. Just like look across this room one more time. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Well, Father, I pray for everyone here. If they know you, Father, bless them. If they don't know you, Father, I ask you to woo them till they come into that relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.au on Facebook or Instagram or head to the highlandschurch.org.au website for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Message Podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.